Oh, they're little frozen peas. <laughs> um, okay, geez. So, Sky, did you practice that? That was really good. <laughs> I've got oh. two promising routes to go here. Welcome to We Should Know Better, the podcast where we hitchhike across Wikipedia like a bunch of little fact hoppers. I'm your digital assistant, Kyle, and with me as always are my randomly generated co-hosts. Uh, oh yeah, I go first. Oops. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm Sky. I see you're trying to do a podcast. <laughs> Would Tim be able to help? Very good. Uh, if you've never listened to our podcast before, what we do here is I will pick out a couple pages on Wikipedia, the bastion of all knowledge, and both Sky and Tim will race across these pages using only the links on those pages to find their way from one point to the other. Tonight, we are, uh, I forgot this was even happening. I don't know if you guys celebrate this, but recently, uh, I believe it started at the beginning of this week or wait, hold on. Am I doing this? No, it's, it's next week. Uh, is Banned Books Week. Oh, is that uh, why Banned Books are all over the place? Is it? Yes, it is. Gotcha. And, Sky, we are going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, so, because tonight's game is going from uh, the uh, the Wikipedia article for Penguin. Not not the Batman Penguin, just, just Penguin. Penguin. Because the Batman Penguin has his own page, of course. Of course. Yeah but just Penguin, and we're going to go to the page for Tango. Uh, I will tell you right now, Tango is on that page, but tango? it's not l- Tango, like the dance. The dance, okay. The dance, yeah. The word Tango is on Penguin, on, on that page. It's not what you think it is. Okay. Um, it does it does it instead link to Tango and Cash, the movie? Yes, it does. There oh. you go. You got it. Way to go, Tim. You win. Yes. <sighs> I got to come up with a new game. Um, but while I'm doing that, uh, let's talk about, uh, banned books a little bit. I mean, not really, because it's just going to be our opening game for tonight. You guys know banned books week. It's a week where we, where it's an annual awareness campaign. Uh, I did not realize this was actually put on by the American library association. Uh, but it is, it's an official thing now and has been for about 30 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was not aware. Yeah, I thought it was just kind of a grassroots thing, which is probably to their benefit. But um, Banned Books Week is important in that it raises awareness that people have been trying to ban books and block them from being stocked in school and public libraries. Um, Wonderfully, uh, there are bunches of people who are super conservative who, yes, I know that we, um, you know, we, we try not to get two in the weeds and on, on our podcast, but I just, I love the fact. I, I just really enjoy the fact that there are people who complain that banned books week is inaccurate because you can't ban books in the U S and hmm. uh, yeah, even though people try constantly as in the article that I uh, shared with you guys a couple weeks ago yeah. that uh, where a group of pastors was trying to ban the banned books book uh, 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 display at a local mm-hmm. library. Uh, Focus on the Family gets on this case all the dang time. Uh, so, sorry guys. Uh, just let people have their books. Um, anyway, 
what we're going to do tonight uh, is there is a list of challenged books that is updated every single year. Um, I'm not going to have you guys name them. Uh, just go back and forth until until you're done, until the first one misses. Okay. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> I have a couple, a couple uh, questions from the ALA's website. Uh, just a couple of statements uh, about how many books are on or what percentages of certain books are on this list. Now, remember, these are all challenged books. Again, you know, they are actually correct. Uh, you can't ban these books or these books aren't banned. Censorship uh, rules are not in place here for these books uh, in particular. Uh, I would like you guys to send me your direct answers within uh, within our, uh, our our individual messages or a private message. Yep. And uh, in the first one, uh, well, rather, yeah, you'll see. Uh, first off, I'm going to say um, that you know one of the most common uh, one of the most common groups that gets in, gets listed uh, on the banned books week is uh, children's books. Uh, they list them as being unsuited or inappropriate for an age group. In the most recent list of banned books, which comes from 2017, or I'm sorry, 2016, where they get oh no no it is 2017 on the ALO website what how many uh are children's books are classified as children's books what number uh, okay. are are classified as children's books on this web on this list do we number? know how many books there are total okay i wish i could tell you they don't give an actual number uh also there's a car right outside my house if you can hear that um okay i think they're they don't, yeah, they don't give me an actual number that's just outright. Okay, so I have. Okay, uh, Tim says uh, 102 kiddo books. Yep. Kiddo books. Kiddo uh, books. And Sky says 12. Sky is very optimistic um, because Tim is correct, or closer anyway. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I was like, I'm correct. Dead, dead on. No. No, on the list there are 130 children's Ooh, books. I was not that far off. No, not not only are they challenged, they list them here as frequently challenged, in oh. that they're they're challenged almost every year, uh, by someone across somewhere in the U.S. Oh, this isn't just one year. Okay. No, no, no. This is okay. But I mean, it's cumulative. So, right. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. So out of 100, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, out of the top 100 novels of the 20th century, okay? Uh, out of the top 100 novels of the 20th century, what percentage of them, what number of them, have been the target of ban attempts? So out of, uh, as judged by the Radcliffe Publishing course, uh, top 100 novels of the 20th century, uh, how many of them have been uh, targets of ban attempts? This is according to a group. Yes, the a top one hundred. Okay. Yeah, not like uh, sales or. No, 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 no. no this is some a, stuffy people. An academic group, yeah. Okay. So um, Tim says forty-eight, and Sky says sixty-nine. Nice. Um, uh, it is actually forty-six. Tim. Ah, nice job, Tim. I know my contraband. 
Apparently. Um, oh, and so the, I'm going to give you guys one more. Tim's walked away with this, I think. Uh, but uh, I've got one more stat for you here. Um, out of uh, how many out of 10 books, like out of a percentage, I guess, uh, how many out of uh, every 10 books, I guess, in this list contains what they call diverse content, which includes on this list, according to them, in, uh, content including uh, people of color, LGBT people, or people with disabilities. How many on that list, uh, blank out of 10? Every 10 books. How many yeah. out of every 10 books? What percentage yeah, it, of every 10 books on the banned list have, the, have diversity? Yeah, yes. Include uh, what they call diversity or diverse content. All right, Tim's got his answer in. And Sky sent his. Sky says 35%. Uh, and Tim says, five, uh, I'm sorry, five out of 10. You are both wrong. Uh, oh. Tim's the closest. Uh, it is nine out of 10 contains diverse, diverse content of some kind. Huh. Uh, for being a book that is. I think there are even that many books with diverse content to well, judge. Well, apparently it seems to be a sticking point for a lot of a lot of people. <sighs> hey, this ain't someone like me. Yep. Don't Basically. Yeah. Basically. Um one of the biggest uh one of the books that really made the um the that this this list come to light is a, a children's book called Antango Makes Three. Um, which is oh, a, see. yeah, which is where we get our game tonight. Um, the, uh, yeah, so, but we're starting with the, with the page for Penguin and we're going to Tango and Tim, <laughs> I believe you're our winner tonight. Yep. So take us to the concept of Tango. Oh. Starting at Penguins, the concept of Tango. Totally. Let's do it. Penguins. The orders. Spenisiforms? Sure. Spenisidae? That was a great 90s TV show. Was that? I, did someone just do castanets? I need <laughs> to like psych myself up after that oh. quiz. <laughs> I'm like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> that was a big downer. I'm that sorry. Was kind of a downer, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm, so, I'm not trying to be a downer. Penguins, it's though. It's, it's important Penguins. stuff, you guys. Um, Try, I'm trying to be responsible. <laughs> So, responsible citizens. Growing up as a kid, I was always like, oh, yeah, North Pole, that's where the penguins are up there with Santa. Fool! Yeah, I'm a fool. <laughs> not only in, does Santa not exist, they live but in the, the down. Area. Most of the penguins are in the, did you, are in the upside down, that's right. Did you believe in Santa growing up? For no, a we, weren't, bit? we weren't did allowed. You? Yeah, no. we didn't need it. My parents were like, nah, he's not real. It wasn't really? like a, we're not allowed, but it was like a nah, dog. <laughs> Like, <laughs> Am I the only one here that believed in Santa for a period of time? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I believe, geez. yeah, that seems to be the case. Um, uh, well, my okay. parents were very like, you know, your other kids are going to believe it. It's a thing that, you know, parents like to tell their kids. It's a good story, but yeah. Yeah, that's actually almost exactly what my folks did, too. Yeah. Why Why do we say it, though? Like, why do we don't say the what? parents want to be like, yeah, we bought all this stuff for you. 
It's so because you can get your kids to go you. to bed. You get your kids to go to bed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now we good. have surveillance elves. The magic that. of believing that there's something yeah good in the world. <laughs> oh, no, no, wow. No. <laughs> Psych yourself it, up some more, Scott. I know. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, I think it's more to get them to go to bed and actually listen when you talk for like the last three months of the year. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, why we're not going to believe in Santa Claus in my household. It's all going to be believe. Krampus. Oh, wow. <laughs> it gets, it's just a different, different means to the same end. Different just the holiday devil. Got it. It's the holiday devil. Mm-hmm. No, we're not. I, I'm, this is actually a, a rift in, Candace and I's philosophy of parenting what? that we have to figure out pretty soon. I am shocked. Because she is very into the idea of having the kid believe in Santa Claus. And I'm mostly like, nah. <laughs> well, so, I mean, this is this is partially up to you, sure. But, like, part of this is also on your kid. What if they, what if you end up with either the most skeptical kid ever who mm-hmm. even when Candace is like, yeah, Santa brought us this is like, uh, no, or, right. or in the face of, uh, or, or the most, uh, hopeful child in the universe who in the face of you saying like, you know, cynically, no, we just eat these cookies, every, uh, you know, before you got before you wake up, it's like, no, Santa brought, uh, Santa ate them. Yeah. I don't what think if, I would do that. I think I'd be like, so Griff, like, how do you really like how how can you get down the chimney like how does that work you've Magic. seen our chimney yeah but like how does mm, yeah that, damn it <laughs> magic <laughs> but true. magic but magic mm-hmm. maybe i'll um, make maybe if she if she gets to let him believe in santa claus then i'll have like <laughs> the the uh unicorn elephant very or good. I tell them that like unicorns or elephants don't exist and they're just a thing like made up and like CGI on television and stuff. And then we go to the zoo and there's a real elephant mm-hmm. oh, and it's okay, mind blowing. Okay, Calvin's dad. I'm not actually going to do that. <laughs> that is a very Calvin's dad thing though. Absolutely it is. I should I, do it with penguins. No, don't, don't Speaking actually, of... <laughs> don't do this to your Sorry, that was just, that was just my segue to get me back on track. Yeah, Tim, talk about talk about penguins, please. So, the only penguins that live on in the northern hemisphere at all are Galapagos penguins. Mm-hmm. All the rest are just down in the dirty south. Whoa, whoa! Wow. They got wow. their trucker hats. They got their their snuff and their grits. Dang! <laughs> they all huddle together for warmth and protection. They are real young. dirty. Oh yeah, they're, they, like, they make their nests out of their poop. Yeah. They are very I mean, smelly birds. Do? Like if if the weather yeah. was like, you know, multiple degrees below zero, do you want to go waddle off by yourself to, you know, to go? <laughs> no, no. I no, I no. guess you're right, Tim. I suppose that's a that's a solid argument uh, <laughs> for something that I don't want to talk about. <laughs> that's right. Um. So there's a, actually a lot of like orders and like um ancestors of penguins it's really big list that i'm not going to go into because it's just a bunch of latin names i i do want to point out that there are are several that are like great and minor penguins and i appreciate and there's a royal in here and the uh, of course the emperor and like 
I really like that people saw these and immediately started classifying them as either the two the two classes were big or little, and that's what we got to go by. It's like, a good place to start. I guess Speaking you're right. All animals did that. <laughs> big penguins. Yeah. The largest penguin is the emperor penguin. Aw dang. Have you seen what one of these looks like? Emperor penguin? Yeah. Have you ever seen, seen one, one of them being prepared for human consumption? Yes, I what? have actually. You get to see this on the Wikipedia. How did I miss this? I don't know, because it's a pretty big bird to miss. I actually wow. saw this in an actual book, because I read a book about the Endurance. Yep, this uh, is uh, about the ship, the Endurance, that got... Had to have an extended stay, we'll say. Did not turn out great. Nah, and like so this guy is like preparing a emperor penguin for consumption and wow. basically like it's hanging upside down its feet are at the guy like the top of the guy's head yes mm-hmm. its beak goes down to like mid go mid down thigh to, tim okay yeah what <laughs> i this is a family podcast this guy. guy's trying to be awkward it's fine Oof. um but anyway yeah uh so good eats apparently too so hey uh, I definitely thought I, you were you were actually going to talk about good, like it was on Good Eats for a second, and I was about to lose my mind. <laughs> I would I would not be surprised if if Aunt, if Aunt Brown knows how to yeah uh, eat a seal or a yeah, seal penguin. Uh, will someone please tweet that at him to um, ask how do you prepare a penguin so he can ignore uh, it because he like, definitely will. I guess there's... you're right. Yes. No, but yeah, I mean, please do make him ignore things. <laughs> there is a uh an entire paragraph on um penguins uh interacting with humans and it says uh cuz i mean this isn't this isn't um telling people about penguins as much as answering human questions i would say uh so penguins appear to have no special fear of humans and will approach groups of people without hesitation this is probably because penguins have no land predators in Antarctica or the nearby offshore islands. Dogs preyed upon penguins while they were allowed in Antarctica during the age of early human exploration as sled dogs. The dogs have long since been banned from Antarctica. I didn't Dang, know what did dogs do? Get these I dogs mean, out of here. They ate penguins is what they did. Yep. Instead, adult penguins are at risk at sea from predators such as sharks, the orca, and the leopard seal. Typically, penguins do not approach closer than around 9 feet or 3 meters, at which point they appear to become nervous. I oh, can no. relate to that. Uh, this is also <laughs> the distance that Antarctic tourists are instructed to maintain between themselves and penguins. Tourists are instructed not to approach closer than 9 feet, but need not withdraw if the penguins come closer. <laughs> so that's a little reverse tug of war there. Yeah. It's like, I mean... hey, I'm... I'm I'm just outside the restraining order zone here, but uh, mm-hmm. if I just stay here and you come over, oh my gosh! You know, um, I got this little sardine for you here, or something. I probably don't allow that. I'm astounded, and I I cannot believe I did not know this, but I'm astounded that there is one continent on the planet where dogs are not allowed. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> just. Not. There are I no, mean, dogs no dogs in Antarctica. I was going to say, this sounds very close to a children's movie. Um, so, in June 2011, a penguin came ashore on New Zealand's Pika Pika, or Peka Peka, 
P E K P E K A. Yeah. Beach. Uh, three thousand two hundred kilometers off course of announced journey to Antarctica. Wow. Nicknamed Happy Feet because humans are bad at naming things. <laughs> it was suffering from heat exhaustion and had to undergo a number of operations to remove objects like driftwood and sand from its stomach. Oh my gosh. Happy Feet was a media sensation with extensive coverage on TV and the web, including a live stream that had thousands of views and a visit from English actor Stephen Fry. Don't... Why? Was he just, like, there? I don't... Don't know. Just, did, you know, you have a Stephen penguin Fry... and you're a celebrity, it's a good good op. I guess. Uh, it, Happy well, Feet did recover it... and was released back into the water south of New Zealand. So that's good. Do you think it was a better op for the penguin or for Stephen Fry? Um, considering I'd never heard of the, of the penguin <laughs> till now, <laughs> I guess we're gonna have to go Stephen Fry. <laughs> I suppose you're right. Uh, I mean, I don't think I don't think Happy Feet, you know, acquired an agent after that. If mm. anything, he might have been sent to like a, a cease and desist by DreamWorks. Nice. After like, hey, you can't. You know, we know you didn't. You know, you didn't choose that. He wasn't trying. But uh, you're going to have to stop. All uh, right, Tim. So movies about penguins. Uh, so there's there's not a lot of movies made about penguins that just let them be penguins. No. There's March but, of the Penguins, which is a documentary, of course. But any other movie about penguins, you got Happy Feet, so they have to be dancing penguins. Okay. Surf's up, they got to be surfing penguins. Okay. Penguins of Madagascar, they got to be like secret agent commando penguins. I mean that's it's your three that's the three genders right there is just what that what? is. <laughs> and I just read now at the end of 2009 2009 Entertainment Weekly put it on its end of the decade best of list um saying whether they were walking march of the penguins dancing happy feet or hanging ten surfs up these oddly adorable birds took flight at the box office all decade long they it really was they were in like the entertainment eye for like a moment for just for a minute right that was a weird thing that just kept happening mhm they yeah. just kept like they were riding that yeah. penguin wave mm. uh and that's what i'm going to do oh uh i am actually i i am going to click on happy feet we're just on happy feet yep happy feet the movie got it not the bird <laughs> not the bird <laughs> Gonna get into some dancing pangos nice. with Elijah Wood. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right, Sky. I'm glad that the Pebble and the Penguin is not on this page. Isn't it? That's wow. the movie that I think of when I think of penguin movies. Mm. And wow, what a movie that was! Looking back, I watched the heck out of that when I was a kid. Did you really? I don't think yeah. I've ever actually seen it all the way through. It's not good. <laughs> it's a bad oh. movie. Oh, goodness, okay. I watched a lot of bad movies as a child. I mean, we all make choices. It's okay. Yeah. You do what makes you happy. Um, Man, I kind of want to just click on dog. What? I did, look up, I did look up why the dogs were banned from Antarctica. Okay. It is probably for the mostly... Mm, one reason is the reason you're probably thinking of. Where they, they eat just, penguins. They get on those penguins, and then they also get on the seals. Um, oh geez, <laughs> but uh, they also get diseases on on seals, especially apparently. I guess like oh, distemper no. can like yeah can spread to seals, and so they're like, nope, no dogs in Antarctica. 
Yeah, that's no definitely a kid's movie. In Antarctica. No uh, oh, even better on the reprise. Thank you. But I think I'm I think I'm gonna click on the dog. Well, our podcast I mean, we 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 play with birds quite often enough. We might as well uh, spend some time with dogs. I mean, they're that's like a dog name, Tango. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> yes, name. Yes, it is. It is a dog name. Um, all right, Tim. Let's let's talk about Happy Feet first. So I've I've never seen the film Happy Feet. Me either. <laughs> and I'm like, this can't I've be never that seen bad. the motion picture. Motion <laughs> picture known as Happy Feet. <laughs> Computer generated graphics. <laughs> um. Apparently, I think I think I um, implied previously that this was made by DreamWorks. I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. Didn't we do that with something similar where we're like, "Oh yeah, it's DreamWorks." Oh no, it's not. I mean, that's probably pretty pretty common for DreamWorks. I don't. I want to say, yeah, they probably make trade on that. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I can't figure out what the company is called though <laughs> uh oh i mean it was just, it was distributed by warner brothers here in the states in australia new zealand it was roadshow films i don't know why oh, that's okay. important it's not what is important yeah. is the plot of this movie which i just read through and it's kind of wow so tell me tell me about it Tim. every emperor penguin sings a unique song called a heart song to attract a mate if the male oh. penguin's heart song matches the female song, the two penguins mate. Oh. Norma Jean. Norma Jean. A Norma female Jean. penguin falls for She's Memphis. Not my lover. A male penguin. Because these are normal Antarctic names. I mean. They become mates. They lay an egg, which is left in Memphis's care, while Norma Jean leaves with the other females to fish. While the male struggles with the harsh winter, Memphis briefly drops the egg. As a result, their son, their son, the song, their son, <laughs> Mumble, is unable to sing, but he can tap dance instead. Oh no! Oh man! Nevertheless, he is enamored with Gloria, a female penguin who is regarded as the most talented of her age. One day, Mumble encounters a group of hostile squaw, squaw, squaw. With a leader who is tagged with a yellow band, which he says is from an alien abduction. Mumble narrowly escapes the hungry birds by falling into a crevice. (laughs) I mean, that's one way to do it, yes. Uh, Now a young adult, Mumble is frequently ridiculed by the elders. After escaping from a leopard seal attack, Mumble befriends a group of Adelaide penguins. I thought it said Adele penguins first, which would have been (laughs) Adelaide. Called uh, the Amigos, who embrace well, Mumble's dance moves and assimilate him into their group. After seeing a hidden human excavator in an avalanche, what? they opt to ask Loveless, a rock hopper penguin, about his origin. Loveless has the plastic rings of a six pack entangled around his neck, which he what? claims to have been bestowed upon him by mystic beings. Um, yada yada yada, saving the day. Um, how, wait, but how does dancing save the day specifically? Um, for the Emperor Penguins, it's mating season and Gloria is the center of attention. Ramon, one of the amigos, attempts to help Mumble win her affection by singing a Spanish version of My Way. With Mumble lip-syncing, but the plan fails and Gloria finds it embarrassing. In desperation, <laughs> Mumble begins tap-dancing in sync with her song. She falls for him and the youthful penguins 
join in for singing and dancing to Boogie Wonderland because that sounds like the climax you want after the big scene. The elders are appalled by Mumble's conduct, which they see as the reason for their lean fishing season. I mean, I agree with them. Memphis begs Mumble to stop dancing for his own sake, but when Mumble (laughs) refuses, he is exiled, prompting him to curse revenge on the elders for their blind belief. Please, Mumble, stop dancing for your own good. Please, stop angering the gods. I beg you, Mumble, stop (laughs) dancing. At the Forbidden Shore... Gosh, this gets really dogmatic. <laughs> the group finds a fishing boat. Mumble pursues it solo to the brink of exhaustion. He is evidently he's eventually washed up on the shore of Australia, where he is rescued and kept at Marine World with Magellan Magellanic penguins. Oh, okay. After long and secluded confinement, in addition to fruitlessly trying to communicate with the humans, he nearly succumbs to madness. <laughs> hold on, which hold is on linked and is tempting. Wait. No, wait, what? <laughs> madness Wait, is you linked. didn't make that up? No. He's... It links, it says madness. <laughs> in, the, in the Wikipedia summary of Happy Feet, yep. there's a sentence that says, a <laughs> titular Happy Feet penguin. After a long and secluded confinement, madness. <laughs> in addition to fruitlessly trying to communicate with the humans, he nearly succumbs to madness. <laughs> it's a Lovecraftian horror. Oh, no. <laughs> When a girl attempts to interact with Mumble by tapping the glass, he starts dancing, which attracts a large crowd. He is released back into the wild with a tracking device attached to his back. Well, he's he returns not released, to his colony and challenges the will of the elders. Oh my god! <laughs> Memphis reconciles with him just as a research team arrives, proving the claims of the existence of aliens to be true. The whole of the colony, even Noah, the leader of the elders, who we just mentioned for the first time, Engages in dance. And then they're all saddled with tracking devices and no one is free ever again. The research team returns their expedition footage, prompting a worldwide debate. The governments realize they are overfishing, leading to the banning of all Antarctic fishing. And this, the emperor penguins and the amigos celebrate. What? What a ride. Gosh. I'm astounded at all the turns that took. (laughs) I don't really even know how to... I don't know how to come back from that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. George Miller cites as an initial inspiration for the film an encounter with, encounter with a grizzled old cameraman whose father was Frank Hurley of the Shackleton Expeditions during the shooting of Mad Max 2. <laughs> <laughs> we were just sitting in this bar having a milkshake, and he looked across at me and said, Whoa, whoa what? Antarctica. <laughs> He shot a documentary there. He said, you've got to make a film in Antarctica. It's just like out here in the wasteland. It's spectacular. And that always stuck in my head. Hold on. Hold on a second. (laughs) I would like to pull apart this scene because they're sitting in a bar. Hold on. Having milkshakes. During the filming of Mad Max 2. Yes. This man who he meets with a grizzled old cameraman. So I I want you guys to picture... A grizzled oh, old cameraman. I should have done uh, a different voice. What do we want to say? Like uh, Walter Matthau? Like is that like a is that grizzled enough? No, here? more is like that... Antarctica. Ooh, you gotta make a film in Antarctica. <laughs> and he's it's just like out here in the wasteland. Yeah, it's there's a tech. pause. There's a pause in there, and he just takes a long drag of that milkshake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's strawberry. <laughs> 
the best kind of milkshake. <laughs> there's a little, there's like a whipped cream on top and an actual strawberry, and it just like sinks into the cup as he as he drinks, as he slurps. Mm-hmm. Oh man! I like, I, according to uh, Miller, the environmental message was not a major part of the original script, but quote, in Australia, we're very very aware of the ozone hole. And Antarctica is literally <laughs> the canary in the coal mine for this stuff. So yeah. it sort of had to go in that direction. Not wrong. You can't tell a story about Antarctica and the penguins without giving that dimension. I mean, I guess I'm glad for that, yes. but... Wow. I th- It was just... that's It just went all over. Okay, so... Wait, Prince wrote the... the... Prince wrote Song of the Heart. <laughs> yep. Wow. That's wild. Wow. The, the song was um, written by Prince specifically for Happy Feet shortly after he was given a private screening of the film. There are some pretty good songs in this. Prince enjoyed um, the film, gave his approval for the use of Kiss, and offered to write an original song for the production, which he completed a week later. He, okay, one week later, that means Prince had that song sitting in his back pocket. Yeah, so like, you want a song about <laughs> penguins? I've been, I've been saving. I got it. I've been saving for just this time. <laughs> I got it. Knowing Prince, that's probably true. So, uh, yes, uh, song also or the movie also had "Somebody to Love" from Queen. Mm-hmm. Tell me something good by Stevie Wonder. Wow. Uh, like I said, "My Way," written by Paul Anka. Huh. Uh, also had "Kiss" by Prince, mm-hmm. mashed up with "Heartbreak Hotel." Okay. Um, so yeah, there's there's madness. There's one thing that I BBC is linked here, but man, we have been there forever. Yeah, let's not. I would totally blaze this if we went there, but I will not. Oh, hang on a second. I want to touch back to one thing. Uh, the the mumbles or whatever his name is. Mumbles goes... is from Dick Tracy, my friend. This is Mumble. <laughs> Uh, he ends up at Marine World or whatever. What's it called? Is uh, that the name? Is that the place that you guys know the commercial for? No, that's Marine no. Land. And everybody loves Marine Land. <laughs> Marine Land is just SeaWorld. Mm-hmm. Okay. Think, like I standing for SeaWorld. Okay. Yeah, it is Marine World in this. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, so they, they. Not, not, um, not like so they linked to anything. Yeah, yeah they split the definition. is linked. I doubt it's real. Alien <laughs> abduction. <laughs> Yes, there's true. a lot of fun links in here. Alien abduction, madness. Uh, Steve Irwin, he was the voice of a elephant seal. Oh wow! Um, the movie was uh, uh, honored, dedicated to his memory because he uh, he uh, died before it came out. Wow! Uh, jukebox musical. Oh, oh! there you go. That could be interesting. I'll try that one. Okay, that sounds like fun. Yep. All right, I'm on dogs. I'm not going to talk <laughs> I'm not going to talk about this page at all. Kyle sent me a bunch. <laughs> yeah, I, so when I saw this constantly flying by while I was telling my tale. <laughs> so when 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 I told Kyle that like Tango's a popular name for a dog, you decided to like image search Tango dog <laughs> and sent me all of them. The most important is the first one, which is the cover <laughs> of a book called, uh, entitled Tango, The Tale of an Island Dog by Aline Beha, uh, 
published in paperback and June 1st, 2010 by Bloomsbury USA Children's. Um, <laughs> here's the synopsis from Goodreads. Uh, Tango lives a good life, a silver charm for his dog collar, a luxurious doggy bread, even tailor-made booties for walks in Central Park. Then, when made he, booties. Then, <laughs> when his owners set sail into stormy waters, the little Yorkie, Yorkie goes overboard. Oh, Washing no! up on an island far from home, Tango learns that sometimes it takes getting lost to find what matters most. This what? wonderfully fresh novel is perfect mm-hmm. for fans of E.B. White and other classic, classic animal stories. Uh, <laughs> what? I've got, I've got a five. This has 166 five star reviews. Okay. Um, this book is tank. Okay, this is from Connor Stubb. Gave okay. it five stars to, in yeah. March uh, 04, 2013. This book is Tango, and it's an action adventure. The author is Aline Beha. This book is the book for you if you like action. It is with animals, Whoa. and they talk to each other. So keep reading and see what adventures are going to happen to Tango. There's this dog named Tango, and these people see him caught in a lobster trap. Tango has his eyelids frozen shut because of the cold water he is in. What? Then he feels this nice warm hand handle him, and he thinks it's his owner. But when he gets to her house, it is not his owner. It is a different girl who took him to her, to her house. He was in the water because he was on a boat with his family. There was a storm that hit the boat, and he fell into the water. This is how he got trapped inside the lobster trap. But Tango <laughs> still wants to find his real family, so he looks for them. My favorite part <laughs> is when a family comes and gets him. They take him home, and they are so nice to him. He loves his new family, but he has to try to find his other family. So he goes around asking animals if they have seen his owners, but no one knows where they are. So he keeps out. He keeps on looking, but sooner he just gives up because he knows they aren't going to look for him anymore. Oh my gosh! Oh, but he loves man. his mistress that found him oh. when he was stuck in Whoa. the lobster trap. Whoa! So he doesn't care if his family isn't going to look for him anymore because he loves his family now. If you like book books that have action, and if you like books with dogs in it, you would really love this book. I, mean, I really enjoyed this book. Anyone can like this book, even boys and girls. So you can just pick up this book at the library, or you can borrow this book from me. By Connor Stubb. <laughs> at the end. Very good, Connor. Uh, yes. Oh, man. That's good. There are only 12 one-star reviews. And wow. only one is actually like a review and not just a, like a, you know, it has, it has, uh, yeah, it actually yeah, has like the... words to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is from Brianna, no last name given, in October 21st, I mean, 2012. I wouldn't either if I said I didn't like this book, so... Don't read Tango, The Tale of an Island Dog. Please Whoa. don't. It's not as bad as Dog Lost, but it still isn't worth reading. <laughs> well. A dog gets lost, as usual, in parens, and his <laughs> owner and his owners don't try to look for him. They think he's dead. Tango then finds a nice family, but has problems with the world. I can't remember if he gets found or not. I think he does Whoa. in parens by his real owners, but it isn't good. The title fits it a bit, <laughs> but at the beginning, a girl is friends with a fox and it has nothing to do with Tango. <laughs> I feel like it's just a waste of time to read, just like Dog Lost. And if you have nothing to read, find something better than this. Wow. Brianna, Brianna at the age of 10 or 11, I'm not quite sure in parens. Brianna, well, who hurt you? Memory. Yeah, she looks... I mean, her she has a picture here, and she's definitely a teenager, so she must be doing this from, from memory. Okay, I see. 
Oh Ugh. my. So this, this made some strong it made a strong impression on her. Yeah, I mean overall this book is lauded. It's 3.82 stars on Goodreads. That's pretty good. Uh <laughs> there is one reader Q&A. Uh someone oh, this is the most popular and it's the most popular one cuz there's only one. Is it Yep. <laughs> is this historical fiction or just a story about a dog? <laughs> <laughs> Ravenwolf 6639 says well, it is about a dog, but it has real places in it, so I guess there's some history. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That's how, yeah, that's the definition of that. When you have some real places in it, it's historical fiction. Oh, man. So going back oh, to the dog wow. page, uh, I'm going to yeah, click what, on military. Yeah, what are you clicking on? It says they assist military. police and military. Done. I'm going to click on military, which takes me to dogs and warfare, but whatever. Woof. Okay. Wolf, exactly. Um, oh, well, I didn't mean to do that, but yes. Yeah. Jukebox Musical, which is a page I don't think we've ever seen on the on this show. Nope. It's like the first page. <laughs> <laughs> a Jukebox Musical is a musical film or stage presentation featuring the songs of popular music acts. The term is used to describe films starring famous popular music acts showcasing their own recorded songs, not necessarily as part of a traditional musical score, though they are sometimes augmented with scored background music. Uh, use of the term has also grown to encompass musical films and theatrical presentations that celebrate past or present music acts or personalities, usually played by professional actors singing new renditions of the real artists, previously recorded songs, and other material done in a manner, when does the sentence end, more akin to a typical Broadway musical where songs are incorporated into a formal musical score and accompanied by choreography. So singing and dancing. That was a long sentence. It yeah. was. Wait, but, was that one sentence? Dang. Uh, yeah, from use yeah, of the was. term wow. has also grown to company by choreography was one sentence. Cool. Um, so, yep, there's a lot of jukebox musicals. Uh, some famous examples are um, uh, Boogie Nights, I would Saturday like to Night reference... Fever, uh, yep. Mamma Mia. <laughs> Uh, we Will Rock You, the Queen musical. Oh, right. Uh, All Shook Up, the Elvis Presley musical. Uh, let's go to the 2010s and talk about some of the, of the more recent musicals that have uh, been attempted. Attempted, okay. We have American Idiot, the Green Day musical. Wow, I didn't even know that happened. Mm -hmm. We have Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots, the Flaming Lips musical. I would probably watch that. We have Cyrano de Burgershack, which includes uh, various artists ranging from Carly Rae Jepsen to Smash Mouth. That's that's Cyrano. De Cyrano Berg de Burgershack. Do, do you know what that you know what that is? That's the that's the story about a guy who who uh, a handsome but very vapid guy gets a a poet to write love letters for him. Right. Uh, for for this woman that they're both in love with, and then she falls for the handsome but vapid guy, and it's wow, that's a hmm. But this one also involves a burger shack. Yeah, well, it's the the name of the original is Cyrano de, de Bergerac. It's Spanish oh. for Cyrano of Burger Shack of the Burger Shack. Yes. Uh, so in 2018 alone, there's been Jukebox Hero, which. Let's let's see if you can name the acts associated with these. Oh, I have to, I have to close this then, or not look, look okay. at the acts uh, associated with Jukebox Hero. Yep, Jukebox Hero is based on the music of 
Stars in his head. Oh, what's the name of the band? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't pull it. I don't remember. Yeah, Foreigner. Oh, or right, it is. Escape yeah. to Margaritaville. Okay, that's Jerry Buffett. Jerry Buffett. Tina, the musical. Nope. Tina Turner? Yep. Oh, of course. Uh, the Cher Show. Is it Cher? Yes, The Cher Show okay. starring Cher. Um, Jamie I, Little I prefer, Pill. I, I prefer The Cher Zone myself. The Cher Zone. The Cher Zone. <laughs> uh, Jagged Little Pill. Oh, that's, uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, is it, is it Courtney? Oh, no. Nope. Dang it. I can't think of it. It's uh, Alanis Morissette. Oh, Morissette, And yeah. then Head Over Heels, which is a tough one. Um, I got nothing. No. The Go-Go's. Oh, interesting. Um, but yep, Happy Feet is, is also in here uh, in the movies. So is Nomeo and Juliet. Nope. Yeah. That, that <laughs> never happened. Um, list of jukebox musical TV shows include Glee, of course, uh, Smash, Beat Bugs 2016, which uses a different Beatles song as the inspiration for each episode. Wow. Not oh, it's that. like their cartoon that, that didn't, yeah. that gave up on that after like three episodes. Um, I I'd, hoping... li- I'd like to point out here, yeah. just, just, just as a aside, up in the top of the article here, it refers to the Beatles' first film, A Hard Day's Night which Andrew Saris described as, quote, the Citizen Kane of jukes, jukebox musicals, end quote. Right. Which, that's, a, okay, one, that's a completely bonkers assertion. And two, although I'm I'm glad someone has that opinion, and two, now it just makes me think of Orson Welles actually doing a musical. Which, oh, can we imagine that About just for a... Frozen Peas. Oh my goodness! Can you just? It would be beautiful. Sorry. Oh, my little frozen peas. <laughs> um. Sky, okay. Geez. So, Sky, did you practice that? That was really good. <laughs> I've got oh. two promising routes to go here. There's choreography, which is gonna get me to dance, mm-hmm. most likely. There's yeah. Broadway musical. Ooh. Where if I go to Broadway musical, there's a good chance that I can. Hop on one that includes the tango. I am thinking uh, one specifically. Oh, but the odds really? of that being linked might be less. So I, I mean, might go to. I'm going to go to choreography. Ah dang! All right, choreography. Nice. Oh, I'm looking forward to that image already. That looks terrifying. Uh, dogs and warfare. Oh, uh, okay. I feel okay. Yes, I'm conflicted immediately. Here and they're doing. They're being. They have to do the things of war, and that's not okay. Right, but also they gotta, you know, they're fighting for their country. There's some good pooches on here. They're though, fighting too. for the pets. Yes, brave puppers. Uh, one specifically that we're familiar with. You know, he's on here. You know uh, what I'm talking it, about. Is oh. it like, what's the one from the 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 one that was with Rin Tin Tin? Mm, oh. No. oh, a very well, early he... episode of ours. Yeah, what was his name? Sergeant Ernie. Stubby. Yes. The oh no. Or Boston Terrier, because they never are quite sure. Yep. He's here. I forgot about Sergeant he, Stubby. He's, he's the only war dog to be nominated for rank and then promoted to sergeant through combat. <laughs> A claim having no official documentary evidence, but is recognized <laughs> by the Smithsonian Institution. <laughs> okay. 
Oh wow. Oh man. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of a lot of dogs here. They don't go into details of too many many specifics. Hold on, I gotta look to see when the first official dogs were used in war. Uh oh, okay. Guess what? Okay, it's Egyptians. not the, mm-hmm. it's it's not the Greeks immediately. First it's the Egyptians, the Egyptians and then the Greeks. Yep. Uh they Most. also include the Romans at the end of that list. Yep. Oh I'm sorry. Uh do you wanna do you wanna do the next line? Because No, go ahead. Uh, the molasses dog of the Molossia region of Epirus was the strongest known to the Romans and was a, was specifically trained for battle. So even though the Romans were oh okay, and among the Greeks and Romans, dogs served most often as sentries or patrols, even though though they were sometimes taken into battle. And okay, and the earliest use of war dogs recorded in battle in classical sources uh, was against the Sumerians around 600 BC. That is the Greeks and Romans, they are they're definitely saying that that's uh that they're going back to that. Hmm. Yeah. So so even though all of those groups used dogs in in their fighting, the only one that gets any explanation or any expansion, Greeks and Romans. Just I guess it's just cuz like they're the ones that have like the writing and stuff. Uh, do so thing. do the others. So but, do the others. We just don't it's, it's not commonly taught. We just don't have it. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, sorry. Logistics and communications. Uh, they use dogs <laughs> to pull small carts of milk. <laughs> what? Uh, in World War One? Yeah. Um, let's see. Is there anything about communication here? Dogs were often used to carry messages in battle. They'd be turned loose to move silently to a second handler. This required a dog that was very loyal to two masters. Two is in italics. <laughs> Otherwise, the dogs would not deliver the message on time or at all. Oh, they yeah. would just be good boys <laughs> and wander around. <laughs> Some messenger dogs also performed other communication jobs, such as pulling telephone lines from one location to another. Citation needed. Wow. Okay, citation York- needed. Yeah, a famous Yorkshire uh, terrier named Smokey was used to run a telegraph wire through a four to eight inch diameter, 70 foot long pipe to ensure communication without troops. Or without moving wow. troops into the line of fire. Is that does is that cited? No. But okay. it doesn't say that there's a citation needed. So it mm. seems good. Uh I was I need to get to like Dancing. Mi- Militant Yeah. I'm going down a dumb route. No, this is good. Oh, I, like I, I see where you're going. Yeah, I just need to get to like to military, I guess. I got oh. psychoactive sub- substances here. Um, hey. <laughs> airports. Santos, Iraq War. Um, Bill Clinton. Uh, Army? U.S. Army. I'm clicking on U.S. Army. U.S. Army? Yep. All right. Okay. Uh, well, while I'm finding that, Tim, let's talk about choreography. Choreography is a surprisingly short article on wikipedia uh it is the art or practice of designing sequences of movements of physical bodies or their depictions uh in which motion form or both are specified i guess i guess there did have to be a choreographer for like the scene in home alone when he has the mannequins like in front of the window dancing (laughs) yeah Um, they had to they had to consult someone on that uh choreography may also refer to the design itself a uh, choreographer is one who creates choreographies by practicing the art of choreography, a process known 
It's choreographing. Someone had fun with that sentence. Wow. That is I mean, beautiful. They, maybe they were choreographing it. This image of the of the choreography of choreography for the Spanish dance dance Cacucha, I guess. Ca- um, Cacucha. Yeah. Uh, described using dance notation. This looks like some ancient ritual. Like the dance oh, yeah. notation in here is like they have the figures for how the person moves on on the floor, and then their individual like leg positions sure. to the beat. It's very weird looking. That's and, how dances. It's a little terrifying. Yeah, I imagine that this summons a demon. <laughs> I am Kajuja. Yep. Um, Sorry. So there's a list of where choreography is typically used mm-hmm. uh, in a variety of fields, including musical theater, cheerleading, cinematography, gymnastics, fashion shows, ice skating, marching band, show choir, theater, synchronized swimming, cardistry, video game production, and animated art. I'm sorry. What did you say? Cardistry? Cardistry. Let me... I'm just gonna... Yep, that's exactly what I thought it was. Yeah, you know, Cardistry. Cards. Is the name given to the performance art of card flourishing. Well, uh, I'm going to pocket that and use that for my next start page. hand choreography. (laughs) It's it's hand dancing. Card dancing is what. Hey, it's... You got to train. It counts. I'm counting it. Uh Uh-huh. All right. Um, Where are you you going, Tim? Dance choreography is also known as dance choreography. (laughs) Or dance (laughs) composition. Oh, Should I just go to dance? Go to dance. I'm just here to dance. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just here to dance. Um, I'm at dance. I mean, you got options. I, I mean, you do have Broadway shows mentioned here. Nope, went to dance. Oh, you're just going to dance. Yeah. Okay, dance it is. Um. All right. Well, that did not give Sky a lot of time. <laughs> Sorry, but I was not a lot there. This page isn't very big. Don't worry about it. Oh, you mean the entire U.S. Army? <laughs> <laughs> it's huge and scary. Yep. Um, we're going to talk about the Army components. Oh, boy. Uh, the task of organizing the U.S. Army commenced in 1775. In the first 100 years of its existence, the, US State, the United States Army has maintained uh, as a small peacetime force to man permanent forts and perform other non-wartime duties such as engineering and construction works. Mm. During times of war, the U.S. Army was augmented by the much larger United States Volunteers, which were raised independently by various state governments. States also maintained full-time militias, which could be called into the service of the Army. Um, I think <laughs> I'm going to click on engineering. <laughs> Are you just I you're putting yourself like, to sleep already? I right. looked for like radios and stuff. I couldn't find it. <laughs> engineers work on radios. They do. That's accurate. All right. Yeah. I believe in you, Sky. So I clicked. I clicked. On, I'm at the United States Army Corps of Engineers. Oh boy. Hello. <laughs> the Army Corps of Engineers. Is a federal agency. A federal agency. <laughs> All right, Tim. Let's talk about dance. Okay, it's time to dance. Here's, here's a pop quiz. No. You see a photo <laughs> depicting modern dance. <laughs> what will always be in it? What will always feature? Uh river river dance. No. I mean, I would say like a tree 
or something like that. Like something. Oh no. All Same. right, Tim, I see. Oh, oh, is it that? <laughs> is it ballet? It's always a guy Tim. with his shirt off. Oh, oh right. Okay. Yes. Can't be modern unless the guy has his shirt off. I mean, and he Just very saying. has his shirt off. There's like he couldn't have his shirt off more. Yeah. That, <laughs> there is there is zero percent shirt in that photograph. How is his how are his ribs doing that? They're they know that they're the only thing that covers his chest. Oh, this is terrifying so they try to, to look at. Try to cover as much as possible. <laughs> I guess. That's really a that is, uh, this is that so is upsetting bit, to look uh, at. It is a bit unsettling, actually, yeah. So you found the skeleton who is dancing. Yep, dancing skeletons. Oh, I mean, technically they all are, but still. <laughs> Dance oh. is a performing art form consisting of purposefully selected sequences of human movement. Dang. This movement has aesthetic and symbolic value and is acknowledged as dance by performers and observers within a particular culture. Uh, dance this can is... be categorized and described by its choreography, by its repertoire of movements, or by its historical period or place of origin. This is the most. This is one of the most written by aliens pages we've come across in a while. And here, here's where the alien gets a little stuffy. <laughs> An important distinction is to be drawn between the context of theatrical and participatory dance. What? Although these two categories are not always completely separate. Both may have special functions, whether social, ceremonial, competitive, erotic, martial, or sacred <laughs> liturgical. Other forms of human movement are sometimes said to have a dance-like quality, okay. including what? martial arts, <laughs> gymnastics, cheerleading, figure skating, synchronized swimming, marching bands, and many other forms of athletics. And tango. I was expecting and tango. And, and tango. tango. Those are all forms of dance, and, and vice versa. Uh, Those, I so mean, here's the difference. Theatrical dance, also called performance or concert dance, is intended primarily as a spectacle, usually a performance <laughs> upon a stage by virtuoso dancers. Oh, okay. It often tells a story, <laughs> perhaps using mime, costume, and scenery, or else it may simply interpret the musical accompaniment, which is often specially composed. Examples oh. are Western ballet and modern dance, Classical Indian dance and Chinese and Japanese song and dance dramas. Most classical forms are centered upon dance alone. But performance dance may also appear in opera and other forms of musical theater. Oh, oh! Cool. Did, they, did the Greeks and Romans not get the, the top billing for this one? Is, that, is this the thing? Did we finally find the thing that they're not the first ones at? I think maybe, yeah. Great. Um, particip participatory dance, on the other hand. Oh, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it be a folk dance, social dance, a group dance such as a line, circle, chain, or square dance, or a partner dance such as is common in Western in Western Western ballroom dancing. What? Western is there twice? Well, well no, because it's, yeah, it's Western Western style of Western dancing. Yes, that's like exactly with, what it is. Like with like spaghetti Western, or or maybe the best Western. Ooh, ooh. Uh, Anyway, it's undertaken primarily for a common purpose, such as social interaction or exercise, of participants rather than onlookers. Wow. So when you dance, you're dancing for yourself. That's right. Such dance seldom has any narrative, I beg to differ. <laughs> I mean, the Humpty Dance is a story all in itself. <laughs> Tim, yeah. if there... One of my earliest, not not even earliest memories, but one one memory that stands out fairly early on in our friendship 
is uh, I, I forget like a one of us went to a wedding or something. We were talking about it and we we got to talking about the reception and you mentioned that your favorite. I don't know if this is still true, but at the time, teenage Tim, um, at the time, your favorite um, your favorite wedding dance not not the one that you were best at or whatever like that, but your favorite oh, yeah. one was the oh. was the electric slide. Oh, it still is. Is that still true? Okay. Yes, and that is an epic tale. That is one thing that I know about you from. I mean, I remember that <laughs> an epic tale of a journey through all four cardinal directions. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, I love it. It makes oh. me so happy. Uh, so you're a group dance and a corps de ballet, a social partner dance and a pas de deux differ profoundly. Although we still talk about them in French, apparently. Mm-hmm. Even a solo dance may be undertaken solely for the satisfaction of the dancer. Dang. Participatory dancers often all employ the same movements and steps, but, for example, in the rave culture of electronic dance music, vast crowds may engage in free dance, uncoordinated <laughs> with those around them. On the other hand, some cultures lay down strict rules as to the particular dances in which for example, men, women, and children may or must participate. Whoa. I mean, if you want to get academic about it, Wikipedia, they even when they're dancing in free dance, they're coordinating somehow with the people around them or else they would all be colliding. So even the uncoordinated dance is, is coordinated in a sense. Mm-hmm. Just, oh. just <laughs> yeah, you know. Dance is generally, though not exclusively, performed with the accompaniment of music. And may or may not be performed in time to such music. That's fair, Wikipedia. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> oh, did that? Did Wikipedia just throw shade on someone? <laughs> yeah. oh, oh no! Actually, it continues. It, it does sort of clarify itself. Some dance, such as tap dance, may provide oh, its own audible accompaniment in place of or in addition to music. So that makes sense. Fair, fair. It's doing it in time to its own music. Um. Many forms of music and dance were created for each other and are frequently performed together. Oh. Notable examples of traditional dance music couplings include the jig, waltz, tango, disco, and salsa. Uh, there's I, tango. 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 I'm just seeing, I'm just doing, there's a lot of, oh man, there's so much in here. We'll get back just to this want, eventually, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm certain. Oh, polka. I, I, would like, I would like to point out that, okay, so it says in the origins... Archaeological evidence for early dance includes 9,000-year-old paintings in India, so and then Egyptian tomb paintings dated to 3,000 BC. That's fine. In which inspired the, the Egyptian dance. Yes. Yeah, very good. Um, and so then the very this, next paragraph, yeah. uh, references to dance can be found in early recorded history. Greek dance is referred to by Plato, Aristotle, Plutarch, and Lucian. So I don't think they, they get, called it Greek dance. It's Greek dance uh, or Horos, they say, which I don't think. Mm. Oh, oh, wow! I didn't even well, realize this, but there's the Hora. That's a dance. We need we need to come up with like a jingle for when the Greeks show up. Yeah, Greeks and Romans. Who did it first? It was the Greeks because <laughs> they did thing. The Greeks did the thing. They did all the things. They uh, did it first. Yep. And <laughs> The Bible and Talmud refer to many events related to dance and contain over 30 different dance terms. That's cited. I like that a lot. Dang. I did not. I didn't realize that people were cutting so many rugs in the Bible. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so I'm, I'm on tango, but it's tango music. Is that, is that I right? I mean, for the sake of argument, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. We've been 
we're we're at an hour <laughs> recording, so okay. Um, yeah. Unless unless Sky would like to fight fight on this, I fight, mean, fight me, fight Tim. Say no. It has to be the dance. I'm so close. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, fine. I'm, I'm leaving that out there for you, Sky. <laughs> okay. Well, that's fine then. Uh, Sky, do you want to talk about the United States Armed Corps? No, nah, they like help with navigation, so I was going to click on that. Does this oh. have the alphabet on it? What's that? Does this have the alphabet? NATO. You're you're doing the waltz tango, etc. Yeah. I'm really surprised that someone that the person on the dance page did not do that very subtle joke and list the waltz, the tango, and the foxtrot together. That's, that would be good. Yes. No, I don't think it's on this navigation page. Which makes sense. I'm I'm very surprised actually. Okay, well, we'll probably talk about these guys at some point in the future. There's they're involved in a lot of things. Yeah. So the tango. Um, the tango well tango music oh uh, right surprise yes. the humpy dance is not mentioned anywhere what <laughs> Wait, hold on. what uh, tim what are you still caught on this or like yes <laughs> okay um tango is a style of music in two four or four four time and i would like to note that wikipedia has its own symbols for two four and four four they do for don't time they? signatures that's very good Originated among European immigrant populations of Argentina and Uruguay. Collectively, the Rio, Rio Platenses. It's sure. traditionally played on a solo guitar, guitar duo, or an ensemble, known as the Orchestra de Pica, which includes at least two violins, flute, piano, double bass, and at least two bandonians. Bandon, bandonions? That's, Bando- that it's, it's, just... it's, it's the accordion-looking thing. Oh, that's so cute. I didn't. I would have just called that an accordion. Yep. It. Yep. I would have too. But it has its own name. Wow. Closely associated with the tango. Don't even try to tango, Weird Al. You don't well, have the gear. Mm-hmm. Actually, he probably does. I mean, he probably has tons of accordion-like instruments at home. But anyway. Yes. Uh, even though present forms developed in Argentina and Uruguay from the mid 19th century. There are records of 19th and early 20th century tango styles in Greece and Spain. I'm kidding. It's not Greece. It's Cuba. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) While there is a flamenco tango's dance that may share a common ancestor in a minuet-style European dance, all sources stress the influence of the African communities and their rhythms, while the instruments and techniques brought in by European immigrants in the 20th century played a major role in its final definition, relating it to the (laughs) salon music styles to which tango would contribute back at a later stage. I would um, like to. Oh, An- sorry. Go on. Angel Vololo's 1903 tango El Chocio, or El Choclo. I have mangled so many pronunciations tonight. Was first anyway, recorded no later than 1906 in Philadelphia. We're trying. We're doing our best. Vololo himself recorded it in Paris, possibly in April 1908, with the Orchestra Zigane du Restaurant du Rat Motor, Mort. <laughs> Valdo had to record in Paris because in Argentina at the time there was no recording studio. Oh no, not not a single one. Um, like uh, many I forms would... of popular music, tango was associated with the underclass, and attempts were made to restrict its influence. 
Citation by whom? Uh, by the nun underclass, I'm guessing? Yes. Uh, I would like to, to, to hop ahead just a little bit to this bit where mm-hmm. they talk about the 20s and 30s, uh, where tango began to gain, gain popularity in <laughs> Europe, beginning in France. A superstar, Carlos Gardel, uh, soon became a sex symbol who brought tango to new audiences, especially in the U.S. due the to his, of tango. his sensual depictions of the dance on film. I want to say sex symbol is linked here. And like, yeah, okay. Did you see the the caption to his photo? Yes, I did. I was, that's Gardell, what I was going to. Perpetual symbol of tango. I mean... Can we ever, can any of us want any better of a, of a description, like the perpetual symbol of tango? I mean, I would just want that. I I would want that on my business card. Mm -hmm. Um, in the 1920s, uh, tango moved out of the lower class brothels and became a more respectable form of music and dance. Uh, band leaders, uh, dropped the flute and added a double bass in its place. Uh, lyrics were still typically macho. Blaming women for countless heartaches and the dance moves were still sexual and aggressive. <laughs> wow. So, uh, yeah, that's it's got a history, you guys. <laughs> it sounds amazing. Uh, I, uh, yeah. Well, it's not quite the page that I had uh, that I had wanted to come uh, to uh, end on, but it's still very, very good. Uh, I had actually, oh, sorry, go on. I just wanted to add that Tango apparently evolves through the years. Oh boy. That's why it's still around. There was Tango Nuevo. Mm-hmm. Uh which appears to have been been in the seventies and eighties. And now twenty first century tango is Neo Tango. Uh with recent <laughs> trends being described as Electro Tango or Tango Fusion, which wow. sounds delicious. <laughs> Let's see here. Um <laughs> Bajo, Bajo Fondo Tango Club is another example of Electro Tango. Further examples can be found on the CDs Tango? Question mark? Hybrid <laughs> okay. Tango, Tango Phobia Volume 1, Tango Crash with a major jazz influence, Latin Tango Whoa. by Rodrigo Favela, New Tango and You Tango, Tango <laughs> Fusion Club Volume 1 by the creator of the Malanga called Tango Fusion Club in Munich, Germany. What? Felino I mean, by the Norwegian group Electro Q Tango. Wow. And Electronic Tango, a compilation CD. <laughs> now that's what I call Electric Tango. Electronic Tango is the most tame out of all of those things. In 2004, the music label World Music Network released a collection under the title The Rough Guide to Tango Nuevo. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I'm putting a stop to this. There's a big rabbit hole in Tango, my friend. The last line of this page, which is incredible, showing tango music's continued popularity, multiple international radio stations broadcast nonstop tango music today, and that is cited (laughs) (laughs) to Argentine Tango Radio, which I'm assuming is a website, I'm hoping, I'm clicking on it right now to see if they just play, oh my gosh, they do, it's nonstop tango (laughs) yeah to stream wow this is wonderful well well you guys i i know that typically it takes two but i am glad that all three of us were here to tango tonight 
Uh, if you enjoyed four. this, mm. what four star <laughs> review of Tango? This book was good, but not the best in the world. <laughs> uh, two stars. <laughs> I expected this book to be very adventure driven, but found a lot of the plot centered around the relationships in the book, and it left me disappointed. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> Why why would you expect it to be adventure driven? It's literally about a dog and dogs it's, are about relationships. That's what they that's, that's what, like yep. that's the defining feature of dog. Yeah, for sure. Uh I yeah. Um very drawn out, kind of boring, but it had a very good plot. What? <laughs> I I feel like you don't understand what some of those words mean, reviewer. Yep. Uh well, if you would like to hear more about Tango, the island dog. Go to goodreads.com. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Search for Tango. Or uh, check out any of our past podcasts. You can do, the, you can do so on our, on our website at wskbcast.blogspot.com. Uh, uh, you can check us out on Twitter at WSKBCast. You can search for us on Facebook uh, just by searching for We Should Know Better. Um, you can find us on iTunes uh, or any of your uh, favorite uh, podcatchers. And if you happen to check those places out, you know, maybe please leave us a review. Uh, like the people for, who reviewed Tango, you know, did. Uh, that would be really cool of you. Thanks. Uh, so did you guys, I, I just wanted to, uh, I just want to see you guys, have you, have you changed your opinion about uh, about Tango, has this has this journey made you feel any particular way about Tango now? Uh, I no. no. I mean, it started I, I out different about Tango gangster. Dog. Now it sounds kind of nerdy, so that's kind of where I, I am right now. I want to wrap up uh, just by telling you guys, uh, literally, uh, that there is what is. Finish Tango, by which I mean it is not not finish as in the end, but also the end of this podcast, but finish as in in Finland. The Finns are apparently very into Tango. And if you want to watch a lot of people dancing very close together, because it's apparently very cold. It's cold there, yeah. Yeah. Uh maybe do some maybe look that up sometime, because it's it's very entertaining. Um, anyway, all right, you guys do that and have a good night. Have a good night. Good night. A fine book, says Jessica M. Smith. <laughs> I really did not like how they use bad words like shout up and it is a very a sad dog book at the owners. I mean I hate this book. Wow. Three stars. It says shout up. It says shout up. And she still gave it three stars. Yeah. She I mean she was just very conflicted it sounds like. Well I mean when you hear when you see bad words like shout up <laughs> yep you can buy it on amazon for 55.60 what <laughs> the paperback is 55 dollars and 60 cents right now on amazon shout the door <laughs>
I gotta look to see if this is at my local library. Oh, I was like, <laughs> I was like on the wrong. I don't. They must have like two listings. I don't know what. Oh, it's like the 2010 paperback. The regular paperback you get for ten cents. Has it gone through? <laughs> hold on. Has it gone through multiple printings? Is that what you're telling yeah, me? Yeah, I can test this. Yes, apparently. All right. Search the catalog. Tango, the island dog catalog. <laughs> I, I want to know. Oh my gosh, I can. Do it. <clears throat> uh, let's see. I can get... Well, it's only... Oh, oh my... You guys. You guys. Hang on a second. It's been out first. for years. What's that? It's been oh, out yeah, for years. It's been out since 2009. This but you the, guys... Yeah. I can get the audiobook. Oh, dude. Who reads it? Does Tango read it? <laughs> I did, so to warn you, I did see a lot of reviews about the audiobook as well, and they said that the narration was kind of boring and it was hard to keep keep at it. Ooh. They would often drop off after the second disc. But I mean, it's only five and a half hours. Only. Uh, Kimberly Farr is the audiobook, is the audio reader, and I do not, I do not know Subject. who she is. Yorkshire Terrier. Dogs. Abandoned children. Survival. What? Hold on. Foxes. Country life. Prince Edward Island. Prince Edward Island. And Canada. Wait, this is Canadian? Apparently. Oh, right. Of course, because they, there was ice. I mean, yeah, Canada up. does have yeah. islands. Yes. I was assuming southern islands, but that makes a lot more sense now. So this uh. is the beginning of our book club, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, sh- we should read better. <laughs> The tale of an island dog. Okay, can I? Can Why is I also one of these just... tags? One of these tag. One of the tags for the bottom here mm-hmm. is WIP. Oh no! Is it? Is this book been finished? <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, I mean, they did. maybe I mean... that's why. Like that one person couldn't remember if he actually found yeah, his family yeah, or not. Uh, it won the South on. Carolina Children's Book Award. You the guys... Massachusetts Children's Book Award. The New um, Hampshire Great Stone Face Award, which that Great Stone Face don't exist no more. <laughs> you guys, she wrote another book. I was going to say, I was just looking at this other book. <laughs> the Secrets of Eastcliff by the Sea, the story of Annalise Easterling Throckmorton, her simply remarkable sock monkey. Well, that's a good name. It is. I like but, it. But, Tim, see if you recognize this plot. Uh, the summary relates an abandoned sock monkey's adventurous quest to reunite his owner with the one person she most longs to know. I think there's... Velveteen Rabbit. Oh, yeah, it's geez, the Velveteen yeah. Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, summary: A charming sock monkey reunites a fractured family in the simply remarkable novel in the tradition of the Velveteen Rabbit. Yeah, there you go. Meet Throckmorton S. Monkey. He's everything a sock monkey is supposed to be. Loving, loyal, a very good listener, and he's never, ever, not even once, stopped smiling. So, just terrifying. I, yeah, I was about to say, if a sock monkey that you had ever stopped smiling, what would you do? First reaction: scream. Yeah, <laughs> run out of the room. Yeah. Okay. Good. We're all on the same page there. Ella gave this book three stars. The ending seems sudden. <laughs> Oh my. For a while, I had the feel of an Ellen Raskin book, but the conclusion does not satisfy. 
Oh, harsh. Drop the ball at the end. Wow. Eileen, I'm sure you're a, I'm sure you're a, a very good writer. Don't listen to these people. Continue chasing that dream. Of, of, cool. re, of character of books about people reuniting with their animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, sock monkeys or otherwise. That was that was fun. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs>